Welcome back to the New England Take and WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to check out the previous interview I did with uh, senior reporter Anne-Marie Timmons of the New Hampshire Bulletin at nhtalkradio.com. Going to be releasing our episodes as podcasts now twice a week. Um, Mondays will be interviews and Wednesdays will be uh, on a subject of my choosing. And this week it is on throwing the table. Let's call it that. It's... President, uh, former President Trump has announced he is re-entering officially the political scene, running for president again. Um, I, I my take on his initial running was entirely uh, tossing the table. Throw. I'm. I don't like how this game's being played. I'm going to throw the pieces in the air, toss the table aside, and just power straight through. And uh, I don't like any of this. I'm going to start over. Didn't happen. Didn't happen, in my opinion. He he uh, introduced a ton of uh, rich business types and finance sector uh, executives into his uh, into his cabinet. They um, didn't didn't quote drain the swamp is the meme you hear over and over again. And I have I didn't vote for him the first time. I voted for him the second time assuming we weren't going to see the disaster that was the Stop the Steal movement. And I am, generally speaking, not one to just say, screw it, Every let's, let's just start over and start in some anarchist <laughs> commune in the forest, to take the most extreme example possible. I'm one that I have my political stances and my ethical stances uh, which are con- conservative and libertarian, and I've worked in higher education for tw- 12 years now. Um, I think there's value of working within the system and fixing the system and not necessarily starting over from scratch. My base instincts uh, after Trump got into office and started operating was very positive when it came to policy. I thought his policies were pretty good. I wished he had chilled on the Twitter occasionally, but on the other hand, it was tremendously entertaining. The guy was basically a stand-up comic running our country and just saying the most ridiculous things, which uh, as someone who works in the media is entertaining, which is part of the reason why he got yeah, honestly, he got the nomination for the Republican side is because the media picked up on that. Um, I wasn't necessarily an on-air personality at the time, so I'm not going to necessarily take the blame for that. Uh, but as someone that consumed it, it, it was tremendously entertaining. I Maybe I'm more mature. Maybe I'm more thinking about the future of the country and my 8-year-old son and his future. And I'm beginning to question that. Uh, that desire to shout based when you see the most ridiculous conservative take possible and instead consider, yeah, that's entertaining, but that's not necessarily what I want to see happening. I'm not an ideologue. I've said that over and over again, but what I mean by that is I think we need the good old-fashioned compromise politics that um, I was raised expecting from politicians. I'm not going to magically expect politicians to not be politicians. Don't get me wrong on that. I expect politicians to be politicians because there's value in that. To have some far-left socialist types or far-left progressive types in there duking it out from the extreme isolationist, traditionalist uh, conservatives, I, I think it is tremendously helpful to have that debate because we should be having these debates and conversations. But the, the just tossing the table and saying, screw all this, we're, we're just going to take over with 
a um, a totalitarian style president is really problematic and I don't think Trump honestly went that way. He said a lot of stuff. That's the big thing on Trump's tombstone. We'll say he said a lot of stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean he meant it. It doesn't necessarily mean he thought it was going to happen. I think it's partially the personality of executive types. I, I've, I've had the, uh, say, the pleasure of interacting with many people that are pretty high up in uh, companies, international corporations, judges, um, uh, very expensive lawyers. So it's kind of the advantage of the industry I've worked in. Um, but they have a certain type of personality, and Trump maybe showed a mirror to some of them, which is why some of those types really didn't like him. But I thought, like, this is this is what you get when you have someone that's in there. He wasn't a politician, which is why he kind of laid everything bare and showed this is what's happening and um, it, it, I think there was value to it to a certain extent um, if it wasn't for the stain of January 6th and the Stop the Steal movement. Again, I'm going to harp on that, that there's no proof of widespread voter fraud. There's instances of isolated voter fraud for sure, but the press made it look worse than, than honestly it was by hiding it because when you don't acknowledge any of it exists, once again, the 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 essential nature of having a discussion around subjects as opposed to just shooting it down makes it look so much worse than it is because now you have some pretty mainstream pundits and news outlets out there taking opposite extremes on this very important subject it should be important to make sure that the elections are legitimate and i think there is value in voter id and i think you're being a little racist when you're just saying over and over again that it's uh, disproportionately affects uh, minority communities because they don't have access to IDs. Who doesn't have an ID? <laughs> if you're 21 and you want to purchase alcoholic beverages, you need an ID. If you want to go to the pharmacy and purchase certain over-the-counter drugs, you need to have a farm have an ID. Um, like, are we supposed to stop IDing on those? We're gonna start enabling some of the issues we're having with methamphetamines in in <laughs> in this country, uh, which if I. Th- think I, I don't know the numbers offhand but they must have dwindled after doing stuff like that it made it harder at least to to produce these things um it, like i think there's value in the discussion and there's value in the need for fixing the reason why i've had this ongoing series on the show putting a magnifying glass to the press and the issue i'm seeing with bias is for the same exact reason as is politics. I don't want to destroy the media industry. I don't want to destroy higher education. I don't want to destroy our political system. I think they, they've been around for as long as they have been for a reason, and they are fixable if we stop this nonsense ideological 100% of the time and culture war uh, debate like nonstop. There's more to it. Uh, like I when I when I talk to journalists on a regular basis here at the station, I'm I, I don't center everything around what what's left or right wing. It's important when you consider uh, party politics because that's how kind of big picture things go. But when it comes down to policy, one of the first things I discussed when I started this program is politics versus policy. They're two very different things, and we've gotten some pretty good policies in this country over the last couple hundred years. Um, which has given us the opportunity to have the tremendous improvements to our culture that happened with the civil rights movement, to enable women to have um, the right to vote, for 
um, to stop Jim Crow laws and stuff. And um, I think the culture warriors on the left that push hardcore that we're living in a racist country are just as bad as the Trump types because they're basically saying it's an all or nothing thing. We're, we're going to throw the table because this, this table is full of just racist <laughs> ideology and I don't like it and I want to get rid of it and start over with God knows what. Um, and I've never been able to f- come up with a terribly clear answer on what their expectation to have an alternative is. It, it all seems very based in bureaucracy and and unfortunately many of the leaders in these movements are quite are honestly socialists when you look at their their political leanings it's this isn't something um that they hide very much it's something that their followers don't necessarily believe they don't necessarily believe in socialism they they believe in liberalism in the traditional sense of the word but um like I think we need to have these discussions so we can honestly look to see what's going on and fix it. Like we need to have the the compromising types in Washington. We like I'm not a fan of Biden, but he at least is on the face of it kind of sort of done a bit of trying to work the political system. I think that's important as opposed to with Trump coming in there and saying uh, this is all terrible. You're all terrible. I'm not going to work with you, and this isn't going to happen. I think Pelosi is guilty of that too. I'm very happy to see her no longer in office. Mitch McConnell is is bad for that. I'm not necessarily pleased he's going to be continuing um, to to run the the Republican side of the Senate. But it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next two years, and I'll be watching it and uh, hoping for the best. It's the New England Take on WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead, nhtalkradio.com. If you missed any of the segments, and be sure to follow New England Take on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be back next week.